ovulation is so important regardless of if you want a baby or not. Um, I mean, the main event is ovulation. It's not your period. And after you ovulate, that's when your body actually produces progesterone. This is the hormone that calms us, grounds us, makes us feel really good. And in addition to that, you know, before we ovulate, your body has its natural estrogen. So our estrogen rises. We have this hormonal orchestra, essentially, right? So the beginning of our cycle, estrogen rises. Second half of our cycle, estrogen dips and progesterone takes over. And these have different effects on our mood, on our health. Uh, I mean, I mentioned progesterone a little bit. Estrogen makes us feel like really energized and social and our libido, like it increases our libido. So many wonderful things. But when we're on birth control, we shut this whole system down. So essentially, when you're taking hormonal birth control, you're taking the pill or you have the hormonal IUD, it's going to block the communication between your brain and ovaries. So that whole hormonal orchestra just shuts down. And there are different forms of birth control. You know, there's the combination pill. So that's going to be synthetic estrogen and progesterone, or you can just have the progestion only pill. And then there's also like the hormonal and non-hormonal IUD. They work a tiny bit differently, but the essential, or the, I guess the idea around it is you're, you're shutting off or you're flatlining your hormones. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and saturated skincare. And today I have on the podcast the lovely Nina. She's nourished with Nina on Instagram. And we're talking all about how to actually get off um, birth control and prevent pregnancy without fear. So I actually took the pill for a very long time. I had irregular and painful periods and, you know, I just never thought that had anything to do with all the stupid fucking diets that I was doing and all the crazy amounts of booze and drug I was, drugs I was taking and went to the doctor and, you know, they're like, just take the pill and then everything will be normal and, you know, I think obviously I have to take some ownership here. I didn't really care back then and didn't do any research into, you know, the effect that the pill had on my body or what I was actually taking. And I didn't realize that I wasn't actually having a normal, I wasn't actually having an ovulatory cycle and I wasn't ovulating. And back then I just didn't realize, you know, how damaging that was to my body when I found the pro-metabolic world and, you know, found Emma, I got educated on, you know, why it's so important to actually ovulate and have a healthy cycle and why it really is the fifth vital sign. And I've done a few other great podcasts on the cycle um, and also around birth control. So I wanted to record this one with Nina, where she talks a little bit more about, you know, the effect that hormonal birth control has on your body and how you can use firm, a firm, body firm, sorry, how you can use firm fertility awareness method um, to get off birth control and actually prevent pregnancy. Um, and it really is so, so easy to do, you know, once you learn it. And I think it's so empowering. And for me, it just taught me so much about um, 
my cycle and my body. So I'm super excited to have her um, on the podcast today. And, you know, as always, um, please rate and review the podcast and uh, take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways of this podcast episode on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. And each month I pick uh, someone who shared, uh, excuse me, <coughs> you know when you have bloody flog, flog, frog caught in your throat? I think it's 5 p.m. I'm recording this at bloody 5 p.m. And um, I'm hungry. It is getting close to my dinner, low blood sugar. So share on Instagram stories, tag me, and you could win a tub of Saturate Premium Collagen. So I hope you love this episode um, as much as I did. Hi, Nina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> We've just had a good old chat. We jumped on at seven. That always happens with the guests. It's like I need to probably schedule an extra half an hour for, <laughs> for the tune wag at the start. Um, now, Nina's uh, based in Columbus, all the way over the other side of the world. Now, I forgot to ask, do you have kids? I do. I have yeah. an 11-month-old. She's turning... Oh. She's turning a year April 7th. Of course you have so I don't know when this we were comes out. talking about your pregnancy. I don't know why I thought maybe you had two kids. Just the yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the reason that I wanted to get Nina on the podcast is I've had a few other guests where we've talked about the menstrual cycle um, and how, you know, it's really is the fifth vital sign. And we've had um, Amanda on to talk about hormonal contraception and, you know, the effect that it actually has on the female body, which. I don't think many women know. I know myself mm-hmm. that when I was taking the pill, you know, the doctor didn't warn me of any of the side effects, but taking ownership, I didn't actually investigate myself or do any research. I just took it because it was easy. And also I didn't want to fall pregnant. And a lot of women say to me, but Kitty, like, you know, how am I, what's some other form of con- contraception? You know, how am I, how am I going to stop myself from falling pregnant? And so many women aren't really aware of FAM, um, which is just, amazing and I think it really helps you get in tune with your body and your cycle as well as you know you can use it to prevent pregnancy so that is what Nina loves and that Mm -hmm. is her jam so that's what we're (laughs) going to talk about today so maybe just initially you can Henry I see there he goes Craig's just going to grab them up it's all right people know we've got the body dog come on with (laughs) out buddy We've got to record the podcast. Um, tell the viewers about your a bit about your history and your health struggles that you've gone through and what led you to this. Yeah. So before I started doing FAM and hormone coaching, I was a middle school choir teacher. So it was like a totally different life. Can you sing? Um, yeah, yeah. I oh, sing. Can you sing? Can you right sing? now? You do it. Sing me something. Just oh something little. God. Come on, come on, come on. Oh my God. You're putting me on the spot. Oh goodness. I don't even know. Like, give me a, give me a little song to sing. Give me um, something. I can't even think off the top of my head. Oh my God. Like, what do you love to sing? Like what's, what do you sing when you sing? Oh you know, like gosh. people have got songs that they love. See, I don't have anything off the yeah. bat. I just, I love like Disney and me. I'm oh, a musical theater person. Yeah. Okay. Sing me so, some Disney. Come on. Oh my God. You're Come on. Just a little bit. Come on. Hey, let me think. Oh my God. Okay. Let me think of a Disney song. All right. You know, the little mermaid. That's yeah, the yeah, first yeah. one I've had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I have like a microphone too in front of me. Um, okay. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh yeah, feet up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free. 
wish I could be part of that world. There you go. Yeah, I've totally got the tingles all over me. I just love people that can sing. I just wish, I always said to Craig, if I could be anything, it would be a singer, but I just can't sing. That's amazing. You know, You've got an you amazing can. voice. It's in there. You just have to train it. You just have yeah. to train it just like anything else. I'm not even going to sing for you. It's just disgraceful. But that was amazing. Thanks so much. Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> it's okay. And that's so funny because I hardly get nervous anymore yeah. unless somebody asks me to sing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I have to be like prepared for it. But there you go. That was, was so beautiful. Your voice is amazing. Okay. Wow. Anyway, okay. Sorry. Back to this. Back to the story. So you, <laughs> you're a I was teacher. a middle school choir teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually was at two school buildings. Um, and I taught over like 500 kids. And so I was in this position where I was just exhausting my body. I was drinking large iced coffees like all day long. Um, basically was like eating very, very minimal amounts, protein bars to sustain me and keep me through coming home and drinking wine to unwind at the end of the night. I was on birth control at the time and everything just started to bubble up, right? Like my body was like, you can't, this isn't sustainable. You can't live this life anymore. I was having so many hormonal issues, so much anxiety. My skin was just cystic acne all over. It was horrible. And I went to the doctor and I was like, something's going on. And I just was prescribed like another form of birth control or like anxiety meds. And I was like, this, you know, this isn't right. Like something deeper is going on. So that's when I started getting, getting into nutrition, looking at my food that I was eating, stress reduction, lifestyle techniques. And of course, like things started to shift because I was starting to eat well, looking at cutting caffeine. I mean, I still love my coffee, but just not drinking like excessive amounts of it all day long, uh, things like that. And I decided to get my coaching certificate. So I became a health coach, wanted to help other women that were going through the same thing, got off birth control, did fertility awareness myself for a long time. So just kind of self-taught, studied it. And then later decided to get my certificate to be certified to teach fertility awareness method, which is really where I focus my work now, uh, teaching women either to use that as natural birth control or conception or both in whatever season of life they're in, and then supplement that with hormone healing. Mm, so cool. Um, yeah. All right. So should we jump into like, what is FAM and how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of women don't know about it. No. Like you mentioned, we think birth control, hormonal birth control or the IUD is the only way to mm. prevent, prevent mm. pregnancy. But FAM is, is really learning about your body's specific cues and knowing on the daily when you're infertile or when you're fertile. Mm. And we have specific biomarkers that we can get into. Um, cervical mucus. I know it's a weird word, but it's like my favorite word. I say it all the time. Cervical mucus, ba basal body temps, luteinizing hormone. We have specific biomarkers that let us know when we can get pregnant and when we can't. And, you know, spoiler alert, there's only five to six days a month where we can actually get pregnant. So if we can just harness those days and know those days, then we can achieve whatever fertility goals we have without hormones. Mm. Can you maybe just, and, and obviously we've had, I've had podcasts on this before, but maybe let's, yeah. before we jump into it, just a bit of a recap for women who are listening. What's the issue with hormonal birth control? What are all the, the risks and things that the doctors don't tell you? And what's it actually like, cause they, it, you know, like the pill, for example, you're not having a menstrual cycle, you're not ovulating. Right. And why is that important? Yeah. Ovulation is so important regardless of if you want a baby or not. Um, I mean, the main event is ovulation. It's not your period. And after you ovulate, that's when your body actually produces progesterone. This is the hormone that calms us, grounds us, makes us feel really good. 
And in addition to that, you know, before we ovulate, your body has its natural estrogen. So our estrogen rises. We have this hormonal orchestra essentially, right? So the beginning of our cycle, estrogen rises. Second half of our cycle, estrogen dips and progesterone takes over. And these have different effects on our mood, on our health. Uh, I mean, I mentioned progesterone a little bit. Estrogen makes us feel like really energized and social and our libido, like it increases our libido, so many wonderful things. But when we're on birth control, we shut this whole system down. So essentially, when you're taking hormonal birth control, you're taking the pill or you have the hormonal IUD, it's going to block the communication between your brain and ovaries. So that whole hormonal orchestra just shuts down. And there are different forms of birth control. You know, there's the combination pill. So that's going to be synthetic estrogen and progesterone, or you can just have the progestion only pill. And then there's also like the hormonal and non-hormonal IUD. They work a tiny bit differently, but the essential, or the, I guess the idea around it is you're, you're shutting off or you're flatlining your hormones Mm. and that can cause a lot of symptoms. I mean, it can also deplete important nutrients. It can affect gut health. It can really affect some women's mental health, especially if they've been struggling with mental health before they started the pill. So there are a lot of things that we don't know uh, that affect our body when we take this tiny little pill every single day. Can you talk quickly about, um, you know, like, because I think some women get confused between progesterone, so natural bioidentical progesterone and progestins, Mm -hmm. and what the issue is with progesterone progestins, which is the synthetic, I guess, non-natural um, progesterone, What, how it yeah. acts in the body. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. Your natural progesterone does a couple of things. Number one, it has all of those really calming anti-anxiety mood supporting benefits, but also it supports fertility because you need that hormone to be able to con- conceive successfully. It then builds up, or well, estrogen builds up your uterine lining and progesterone really sustains it and makes it nice and cushiony if you do want to conceive. Also, you need natural progesterone to to like balance out our estrogen. Mm. So if you don't have all of that natural progesterone, you're going to feel all of these negative estrogen dominance, PMS, headaches, bloating, side effects. Mm. When you're taking progestin, It, I mean, it doesn't have any of the same effects as progesterone. It's going to, number one, it's going to thin out your uterine lining. So that's why it prevents pregnancy because the egg can't actually attach. It's thinning that out. Um, It's also changing your cervical mucus. So what it does is it creates this like dense, thick barrier at the cervix. So sperm can't get through. So for conception purposes, I mean, it does its job, right? It blocks sperm from getting through the cervix. It thins out our uterine lining. But from a health standpoint, we're not getting any of those beautiful balancing estrogen and uh, health, mental health and physical health effects of our natural hormone. Mm. And you see too, like, you know, so many of the women that come to us, they have done all these restrictive diets, you know, you know, they've taken the pill, um, they've got a lot of stress in their life. You know, we talked about they rubbing a lot of um, creams and things that, like I used to work make tan just so mm-hmm. much shit, perfumes that are yeah. estrogenic in nature. So all adding to that estrogen load, then they're not ovulating. You know, they're probably not detoxifying. A lot of women that exactly. we get constipated, so they're not getting rid of that estrogen. So it's just all adding to this estrogen load 
and then they get and what you, you don't say, have progesterone because yeah. you're taking the pill. So yeah. it's like you have this super high estrogen load. You're not detoxing well and you don't have your balancing progesterone. So you just feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Most, a lot of women just feel like shit. Oh, I know. And I've seen so many women, you know, um, come off the pill and then, imp- you know, lower stress, improve their nutrition, get the nutrients they need, start ovulating again and, you know, pooing every day and all, yes. you know, within three to six months, their cycle returns and it's normal, yeah. you know, pain-free, it's not heavy anymore. It's really quite amazing and they feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. a crazy thing. I've had so many clients that didn't even know they were having digestive issues until they got off the pill and they were like, whoa. Really? This is the first time I've had a solid, you know what, in like years or, oh my gosh, I'm going to the bathroom every single day. And it's like, yeah, this well, is what our body's to supposed poo, to be doing. Yeah, like, really. It's <laughs> no. the most satisfied thing ever. And when you've constipated, it's like, yeah. remember when I had my breast implants taken out and obviously you go under, you know, like you're just so constipated after that for yeah. days. And I was just smashing the cascara and bloody milk of magnesia and stuff. And I yeah. probably didn't poo for like four or five days. And it was horrendous. And it reminded I, me of back when I used to do all the dumb things and wouldn't shit for a few days. And it's, yes. it's the worst feeling ever. Oh, it's horrible. I We were just talking, I had endometriosis surgery mm. not too long ago. I actually had a breast reduction over 10 years ago. It, I don't even know how many, a long time ago. But man, after surgery, it's everything shut down because you were on anesthetics for so how long. So when you, uh, <laughs> when you finally go, you're like, yes, I feel so good. It's the best. Um, Anyway, sorry, we got a bit off off track there. Okay, cool. So that's, you know, just some more information. What about the IUD quickly? Cover that, how that works and how that's not so great either. There's two types. Um, Mm -hmm. One of them, all IUDs that are hormonal are progestion based. So the way that they're working again is by that barrier, that CM barrier to sperm and then thinning your uterine lining. Then the other hormonal or the other IUD is the copper IUD, which is non-hormonal. And the thing that I've seen, there's not a whole ton of research on that because a lot of women will ask me, well, that's non-hormonal. So what's the benefit of doing fertility awareness method if I can just do the copper IUD? And really, it depends on you and your body and and your goals. But there is some research out there that tells us that there's localized inflammation, right? There's a foreign object in the body. And so we're not quite sure how that's playing a role or, or what it's doing, but a lot of women report painful periods, pelvic pain, heavier periods uh, because of that. And really what the copper IUD is doing is copper is toxic to sperm. So mm-hmm. it that's it kills off sperm before anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with the progestion only IUD, that also is going to, con- con- or I'm sorry, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Contribute to some sort of inflammation. So mm-hmm. it really just depends on if your body reacts well or not well to that. Mm, mm, okay, cool. All right. So let's dive into FAM now and yeah. like, how do you do it? How do you do it? Yeah. yeah. Let me, can I say first how you don't do it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the biggest mistakes I see women uh, do with FAM is they think it's a lot like the rhythm method or the calendar mm. method. So mm. they're like, oh, I'm tracking my period, right? They're just putting in the start date of their period. And then they're using their phone to tell them when they're going to ovulate and when their period's going to come. And the problem with that is it's not just about using a calendar method or even a phone to use its algorithm to assume when you're fertile and when you're not. You really need to look at those daily biomarkers. So with FAM, what we do is we take a look at cervical mucus and your body produces different types. I teach three different. So you have your dry days 
or dry CM, non-peak and peak. Hmm. And each of those can look a little different depending on the person's body, how long they were on birth control, their nutrient status, their estrogen levels. There's factors that go into that. Um, and I'm happy to share sort of like a generalized yeah. what to look out for. Yep. Um, but those are, that is what you need to assess for daily. And when you are tracking with fam, you'll start to see patterns like, wow, I notice I enter my fertile window. I start to see non-peak CM on day, let's just say day 10. Mm. And then I see non-peak for a couple of days and then I might see peak. And then I know I ovulate around that time because I'm testing my LH surge. And mm. then if you're taking your temperature, you'll notice after you ovulate, your temperature is going to rise. And so we use all these clues to really hone in on the fertile window. And then after you're out of that five to six day fertile window, and we kind of pat it on either end for safety. Mm. Like if you really don't want to get pregnant, we have to make sure. But after you've confirmed ovulation and you have high temps, you're good to go. No, no worry about getting pregnant after ovulation is confirmed. So that's like the broad view, but you know, ask away. I'm happy to explain any of that in more detail. Well, yeah, let's talk about then let's dig into the cervical um, mucus because I actually also think that women don't even know what that is. Like some I've heard women like think they've got a problem because <sighs> they haven't actually understood that that's just a natural, it's their body, you know, yeah. that's what it does leading up to ovulation. So let's talk more about that, what the sort of it looks like, you know, that peak egg white. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, like um, one thing that I've noticed as I've gotten older is it's shortened the mm. It's like you window more days and now mm-hmm. it's, it's shortened. Um, and it's so interesting. I think when you track your cycle too, like you really like, I'll have this random cycles where I ovulate early, really, yeah. like really early, just randomly, yeah. never late, never past day 14, but sometimes mm-hmm. randomly, like it'll just come at day 10. So yeah. you can just see if you're not tracking it. You can make mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. I've had multiple friends that, mm-hmm were not tracking with fertility awareness methods. So they were just using their, their app, their period app yeah. uh, that have gotten pregnant because ovulation came early and yeah. it's yeah. a real thing. And that's why yeah. those don't work. <laughs> so if I can, if anyone listening takes anything from this conversation, yeah. don't rely on your algorithm on your no. period app. And I really well, agree with you too. Like I really like look that's that cervical mucus. Like, oh no, I'll like what just one day, like if it comes early, all of a sudden, it will yeah. turn up that like egg whitey and you're like, oh, it's coming. Yes. Like it's going to yeah. come today or tomorrow or, you know, mm-hmm. like it really is. And obviously then you'll see the temps rise. Um, I've never really been able to, and you can talk about this, is the cervical position. I find that really mm. difficult to, and I don't really rely on that because I feel like, oh, that's, you It's know, hard. That's yeah, the hardest hard. one. Yeah, yeah. I always say that's a bonus if you yep. can figure that out. And honestly, So for anyone that listening, cervical, your cervix changes depending on where you are in your cycle. So when you're in that fertile window, which for many women is, I would say the average is probably between four and six days of Mm. when you're seeing cervical mucus and getting ready Mm. to ovulate, your cervix sits higher and soft. So Mm. if you were to touch the tip of your nose, uh, that, or uh, your lip, actually, it's more, more like your lip in that soft, that's what your cervix is going to feel like, but you're going to hit in theory, your like third knuckle, you'll insert your finger and you'll feel that soft cervix up at the third knuckle. That means it's open and high when you're not ovulating. It's, it's low and firm. So that's more like the tip of your chin or the tip of your nose, that firm feeling. And you would most likely hit it at like that first knuckle, but see, in order to know the difference, you have to check it every day. 
you have to know like, well, what is the difference between a low firm cervix and a high soft cervix? So if that's your thing, if you want to use that, you got to start at day one of your cycle and you got to pick, you know, in the shower every day, see if you can feel it. (laughs) Yeah. Stick your finger up there. See if you can feel it. And you have to practice it for a couple months, right? To know I personally, even as an educator, never use cervical position. I've tried to just to see. I just feel you can't. One thing I do have noticed though, which just made me more aware of is in that fertile time, like some outside of that, when it's not soft and open, sometimes in certain positions, sex positions, it hurts. Yeah. 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 Because you're hit, he's probably hitting hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which Which is is so common. Yeah, Some yeah. women notice when they wipe, they can actually, it feels different. Now that is actually a cervical mucus clue, like going back to CM, right? Yeah. We have our dry days. That's yeah. where you don't see anything at all or feel anything at all when you're wiping or walking. It's just like mm-hmm. a, a dry sensation. It feels rough. Or you can also see it looks dry. It won't stretch. It'll be kind of crumbly or it looks mm. like that like streak in your underwear where you're like, mm. oh, there's something there, but there's no like moisture to it. Mm. And then we head into non-peak and that's really when your fertile window begins is when you start to see this more like lubricative, creamy. Again, this looks different for everybody. This is very mm. generalized. So if you're going to practice this for birth control, um, you know, I make sure you're studying it or like working with someone, but mm. It's creamy. It's like um, slippery, but it won't stretch quite as much as peak. Mm. Like it'll stretch a little bit, but someone will notice when they wipe, you know, it feels different. They can almost feel like that higher sensation of the cervix. It's kind of interesting. And then, and then as our estrogen rises, so this is all because of estrogen. When we have low estrogen levels, our cervix does not produce CM or it produces that it, it's the dry progesterone producing CM that we'll notice when we're not fertile. But as soon as our estrogen begins to rise post period, that's when we start to see this non-peak that I'm describing. And then as our estrogen hits higher levels, that's when you begin to see what people often say, egg white, stretchy, clear, that is your peak. And that's usually a sign that, um, ovulation is right around the corner. Mm. Uh, And that's when I will tell people even to do LH testing because Mm. LH is that signal from the brain telling your ovary it's time to ovulate within Mm. 24 to 36 hours. So Mm. if you're trying to avoid, you can get really close to the day of ovulation and know like this is not the safe zone. Or if you're trying to conceive, you can also say, hey, this is like prime time. Get in there. And can you talk a bit more about like why that um, peak cervical mucus, why it's good for the sperm? Oh yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I'm like a nerd when it comes to cervical mucus. So it has the perfect pH level that balances out the vagina and, and makes the sperm it's conducive to sperm, right? It helps it survive both non-peak and peak do this. Mm. Now, the interesting thing is when you don't have non-peak or peak that dry CM, it is at a level that sperm can only live in the cervix for minutes to hours, right? Mm. So on dry days, sperm dies. I say on dry sperm dies and on CM or non-peak and peak, it can live within the cervix for five days. It's like nourished and kind of camps out in these cervical crypts, like waiting for ovulation to happen. Um, But non-peak, it also has a job of like trapping up malformed sperm. So if they're not fit, like the swimmers are not fit, it actually is like, nope, you're not getting through. And it'll trap it up. And then with peak CM, 
it has like these, it's almost like highways. Like if you look at it under a microscope, it's like mm. a slip and slide to the egg. Mm. It's like, you're the great ones. Like, let's go. Like, let's oh, do it. it. So it yeah, makes your pH. Um, I can't remember the number offhand, but yeah. perfect acidity for sperm. And then dry is the complete opposite. Okay, cool. So let's next talk about the uh, rise in the body temperature and how that happens. Yeah. The big mistake I see is women think they have a rise while they're in their fertile window. So Mm -hmm. a lot of women will say, I saw a rise, I'm ovulating, but that's actually not true. So you don't see a rise until after ovulation has happened Mm -hmm. because that's when progesterone rises. So after ovulation, the egg releases from the follicle, the follicle turns into what we call the corpus luteum, And then that's what produces progesterone for the remainder of your cycle. And that's when you'll notice temps increase. It's so slight though, which is why you have to use a good basal body temperature that, Mm. you know, tracks to the 10th degree Mm. because you'll, you're really looking for like a 0.5 rise. Um, And then it stays high. Yes. Yeah. So degrees that would be less if they're listening in Australia. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know the, I'm horrible at the conversion. Here, let's do it now. So we can, um. Five Fahrenheit to Celsius. Yeah, so it's not. Uh, uh, hang on. Why is it not working? Oh my Google's. But it's a less, less. It's not okay. So half a degree Fahrenheit to a yes. degree, right? I don't know the conversion exactly, but what I will say is no matter whatever uh, thermometer you're using is probably going to convert it for you. So you don't really Mm. have to worry. (laughs) Yeah, because if you were seen Australia, you'd be using a, um, you'd be using Celsius. You'd be using a temperature that has Celsius. Yeah. 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 And the other, the one that I often recommend is called temp drop. And I believe Mm. that they, I, you can use it in Australia, I I Mm. believe, Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that there is a Celsius option for that too. But it will rise and you'll know as as soon as you see three sustained high temps and it'll be pretty clear, Mm. you can confirm ovulation has passed Yep. Um, and then it stays high until you get your period. So once those temps start dropping, your period is most likely going to come in the next like day or two Mm. Mm. and then it starts over. So when would you say to be, if you wanted to have sex without any other protection? (laughs) Yeah. When is the window? It's, it's hard for me to say because everybody is different and I want to, again, I want to make sure that if you're listening, these are generalized rules. Yeah, don't go so out and just go, I tried this and then I fell pregnant. I think yes. I really think you work with a practitioner to yes, start with but, to learn it. Yeah. Yes. But in general, after three high temps, if you're certain that those are your post ovulatory three high temps, then you are safe for the remainder of your cycle because you can't get pregnant when there's no egg that's going to be released. Right. Mm. The egg is already and you only ovulate once per cycle, mm. only once. So once that ovulation day has happened, you are good until you enter the next fertile window. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's pretty amazing. And I feel like you just learn so much about your cycle, too. Yeah. Don't you reckon when you track it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you and, can sync to your cycle. Yeah. I don't know if you teach this or not, but there are a lot of different ways that you can even sync workouts to your cycle or mm. like think about different, even bringing in different foods during different phases that can mm. be supportive of whatever hormone rises or falls you're having. 
but you can also give yourself a lot of grace because our moods change throughout our cycle. So mm. if you're feeling really like slow or tired or, you know, introverted during that second half after you've ovulated right before your period, instead of being hard on yourself, you can say, oh, wait, this is actually normal. Like, what can mm -hmm. I do to support my body? Mm -hmm. What can I maybe eat? That's going like, I might need more carbs during this time because my body physically needs more energy during the second half of my cycle. Mm -hmm. So there's really cool things you can do, but you can't track the cycle or sync with the cycle when you're on hormones. Cause I remember that flat lines, your yep, hormones, yeah. you're, you're more on a male 24 hour schedule, <laughs> um, as opposed to the female four phase four mm. week schedule. Mm, and I really think too, like, you know, when you stress, like for me, the two things that affect like stress when I'm stressed, it's my cycle and my sleep. Like Absolutely. they're the main things that go haywire. And I just know I'm like, okay, you need to pull it back a bit. Like, you know, and I, I, I just, I mean, other women, you know, like Craig, obviously he's not a woman, he's a man, but for him, it's his digestion, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. thing, he gets really stressed. Whereas me, my digestion always is good regardless, but it's, and awesome. he can sleep even when he's stressed, he can turn off and sleep. So I think, yeah, I feel like your cycle really, um, for me anyway, shows when I'm stressed. It's so, that's why it's the fifth vital sign. I mean, yeah. it's one of the first things that women notice changes when mm. they're under any form of stress. It's, it's interesting because men, they don't have, I, I guess you could call it a luxury. Like they don't have the luxury of having that sign, but they do have mm. other stuff too, right? Like you said, mm. his digestion immediately is altered. But man, if you're paying attention to your cycle, you can be really ahead of the game and be like, I think I'm under stress. Like I think something's yeah. going on and I should care for my body a little bit right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is truly amazing. But um, is there anything else you think that we haven't covered in regards mm -hmm. to fam? You know, we talked a little bit about the thermometers. There's a couple, like I said, temp drops a really good one. Um, people can also Google or Amazon, like the femometer. That's another mm. really good one. But really, you just need a couple of good tools. Like you need a good BBT thermometer. You mm. need a good method. So you need something to teach you about cervical mucus. Uh, there's some really great books out there. Like yeah, I was going to say, what books? Fertility. I love that book. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, we had Lisa Hendrix, Hendricks and Jack on the podcast. She's got a great yep. book. Um, what else is that other one? Sign. Yeah, what's the other one by um Katharina Dalton? She's got a few good ones. I um, know that one. She's all about PMS. Um, oh, more PMS, and yeah, she's really okay. good. And what about apps? What do you recommend? Because I mean, you can get spreadsheets from um if you go to the website. Those the uh, yeah, you can download spreadsheets are a pain in the ass. I think what apps do you like? I only recommend one. Yeah, really, which is, and it's called Read Your Body. Yep. And it's international, which is great. I mean, there mm. are fertility awareness educators from all around the world using it. And the reason mm. I like it is because it doesn't predict for you mm. as if you were using a regular period app. So if you're going to use read your body, you, you kind of have to know how to do fertility awareness method because you're yep. going to be putting in all your data. You're going to be marking your fertile window, your dry non-peak and peak CM. You're going to be mm. inputting your temperature. It syncs to temp drop, which is cool for a lot of people. Um, and it's just awesome. It's a great mm. way to chart. I mean, it's exactly like paper charting just on your phone, mm. which I mean, we all love electronics now. It's so easy. Mm. But yeah, that's like my favorite one. Um, and I really don't recommend another one at this point. Actually, one other quick question. What about, yeah. um, like you mentioned about the luteinizing hormone surge. So what yeah. tests do you recommend for that if someone was going to test that? What are your recommendations? I honestly just say go to your local pharmacy. 
yep. and get LH strips. You don't need yep. to get the expensive ovulation test kits yep. that are like 30 bucks. You literally just have to get the plain old strips that you pee on and mm. it'll, you know, the two lines, read the box. It'll give you the instructions, but it's so easy mm. and you don't need anything pricey. Just and regular LH strip. You use that in conjunction with the other things because you could have it where right. you have the surge, right, but don't ovulate. So would right. you say it's like just one, use it as one part of the toolkit? Yeah. yeah. The steps would be yeah. cervical mucus over everything. Yeah. So if you see it, um, assume you're fertile. If you don't see it, most likely, most likely infertile. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if you CCM after ovulation is confirmed, you're not fertile. It's yeah. just sometimes our body produces it after. Um, and then second step would be confirmed with basal body temps. And then luteinizing hormone is a great addition if you mm -hmm. want to really get into the window of knowing that mm -hmm. 24 to 36 hour window when you're ovulating, it can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, that's really all you need are those three things. CM above everything else. Like it's always the answer. CM yeah. is always the answer with fertility <laughs> method. <laughs> and isn't it amazing? It's so cheap. Yeah. You know, like it's just these amazing tools that you can use. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nina. Now, Nina is being kind enough to give us, um, she's got a course. What's your course called? Yeah, it's called Luna Reclaim yeah. Your Cycle. Oh, awesome. And you're going to give us, the listeners, a link for 10% off? Yes, yeah. I would love to give awesome. you guys 10% off. So I'll um so I'll give you a code kitty10. Yeah. yeah. And that'll give them 10% off the program. And you know, it's step by step, teaches you everything you need to know about fam. And then there's also a three month membership that goes along with it that you can yeah. join when you're ready. So you don't have to even join that right away. Awesome. Awesome. So guys, I'll pop the link to the course in the show notes and just I'll put the discount code in there too. So you can use that to get your 10% off. But that was amazing. Thank you so much. I really yeah. hope that more women will feel empowered to get off birth control, you know, Thank and you so much for learn about me. this. Ah, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll probably have you I always have guests on multiple times. So I'm sure we'll probably <laughs> have you on again soon. Thanks so much, yeah. Tina. Thank you.